You're listening to the Improvert Podcast. Hey, this is Adam Wigan for the Improvert Podcast. On this show, I talk with other improvisers about the intersection of improv and life. We get to talk about how improv has affected either their personal lives or professional lives. And we just have a general discussion about how improv has affected them. This is episode one, and today my guest is Jenny Adams. Jenny is the director of education at the Harrisburg Improv Theater, where she is also a performer and instructor. She got her start as a performer with TMI Improv under UCB student Clark Nicholson, where she performed regularly at the Midtown Scholar Bookstore, Gamut Theater, and other venues. She has been a featured performer with local troupes such as The Oxymorons and Don't Break the Streak. Jenny is co-founder of No Artificial Sweeteners, an all-female improv troupe that performs shows to raise money for local charities. She has taught beginner and advanced improv workshops to various groups and organizations, from Girl Scouts to scientists. She developed the curricula for most of the classes and workshops she teaches, including dramatic improv, kidprov, improv for beginners, improv for businesses, and the level three classes she teaches regularly at the hit. Jenny served as house team coach for the team Spacework, who she now performs with. You can see her perform in duos Ferret Prom and Mary Todd Lincoln, the real Babraham Lincoln, both at the Harrisburg Improv Theater. Jenny has studied at the hit, the Steel City Improv Theater in Pittsburgh, and the People's Improv Theater in New York City. I know Jenny through the Harrisburg Improv Theater. She was our coach for space work, and then we absorbed her into the group, so now she gets to perform with us. On this episode, Jenny and I talk about being vulnerable, using improv for parenting, and building confidence in front of people. Enjoy. How long have you been doing improv? I've been doing improv pretty regularly for the past 10 years. 10 years. Yeah. And what, how did you get started? Um, I got started doing it pretty regularly when I was um, working at Gamut. I was the office manager there. Gamut Theater, is, it's a theater in downtown Harrisburg. And I was the office manager. And the artistic director of the theater, Clark Nicholson, had gone to, had always had an interest in improv and had gone to the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater in New York to do their Improv Level 1 Intensive, where you can take the entire Level 1 in, I think it's two weeks or something. Um, So he had gone up and he had done that, and when he came back, he wanted to share what he learned as far as long-form improv went, and he wanted to share that with us. So I was really excited about it. I... um, had always had an interest in it, and so I asked to join in, and so it was Wednesdays after work, we would just kind of hang out after hours and play improv games, and he would teach us a format called the Herald, which is a long form, and you know what it is, I don't know if your listeners yeah. know what it is, but it's a long form <laughs> improv format, um, and, and from there, some of us decided that we wanted to perform, so... We started working towards that. We would invite audiences to come and watch us. And then we started to get regular performances at a local bookstore. 
And then I discovered the Harrisburg Improv Theater, which is where I am now. Nice. So when you first started, had you you've heard you heard about improv before or the gamut was the first place that you heard of improv? Well, if I were to rewind quite a few years, I had an introduction to it at a summer camp when I was a teenager. Oh. There was a um, there were electives you could pick that mm-hmm. you could learn more about something. So, you know, for example, they had canoeing so you could take that and uh that was an elective that you took so during elective time you did you went to the craft room or you went canoeing or whatever and drama was one of them and Mm -hmm. and so you could pick three and i i picked two other ones pretty easily i don't remember they were but i really wanted to do this drama one but i was nervous about it i i wasn't a very outgoing child um but i i loved playing pretend when i was a kid and I wanted to be an actor and I wanted to learn more about acting. And so I took, I ended up taking this drama elective and it was with a counselor who had an improv background. So she sort of took it in that direction. It wasn't scripted stuff. It Mm. was improv. And so she taught us what that was. We would play games um, every day during this elective portion of the day. And then in the, when it came time for the performance, there were these two girls that were just really, really good at it. And that was intimidating to me. And so I didn't participate in the show at all. I just froze and shut down and <laughs> I didn't do anything. But it was okay. I mean, I, be, I beat myself up about it at the time. But in retrospect, it was okay because I learned what it was. Um, and then fast forward several years, I was, I was getting involved in theater um, and I had improvised a line during a high school class show and everybody laughed and it was like I thought I was going to be in trouble you know when I got off the stage um, it was a comedy and it, it the line arguably worked <laughs> uh, but um, I was playing this role of this uh, construction worker and we throughout the play we would just be like in the background sometimes you know carrying a big piece of lumber or whatever it was absurd but um at the beginning of the play we were walking around the audience and pretending to fix people's chairs Mm. and so i had you know midway through the play i had pointed to one of the audience members and i was like hey how's your chair holding up like just shut the whole play down to give myself a line you know (laughs) Because I didn't have any, right? And uh, so I and and everybody laughed because they they knew what I was talking about. I was fixing their chairs, and uh, I got off the stage and I was like, "Oh man, I I think this is probably the last play I'll ever be in." But the director came up to me and he was like, "That was really funny," you know. So it was a huge relief and also a huge ego boost. So uh, later, when I went to college, I was a paralegal studies major because I dropped the whole theater dream. It was, I wanted to have a job. (laughs) So I was a paralegal studies major, but I took acting classes as electives. And um, the acting classes involved a lot more improv than I thought. You know, you, you didn't walk into an acting class and be given a script the first day. You, you did a lot. We did a lot of dramatic improv. You know, she would have us, um, get up on stage all by ourselves and she would say 
the teacher, she would say, okay, you're coming home after work and I want you to play a character and just do what you do when you get home from work and we're going to try to guess what your job is. So you can't speak or anything. You just have to, with body language, communicate what it is that your job is outside of your house Hmm. um, just by coming home from that job and miming everything. So there were no costume pieces, nothing. Yes. So it got me thinking in a a direction like that and uh, I loved it. Nice. So would you say that like I've seen you perform and we've we've been on space work together too mm-hmm. and I definitely see that uh in the way that you do improv would you say that that had a big effect on the way that you approach improv Oh I think it really did having that dramatic improv background um it made me think of improv as a way uh, more than just being funny it was more about making a connection with your scene partner making a connection with the audience there's this communication that happens with the audience that is basically all subtext you know like that example of coming home from work you're communicating to the audience what you do by showing them and not telling them Mm -hmm. and that's a skill that takes some practice yeah. So, yeah, I, I try to bring that into comedic improv where, you know, I'm, I'm not so much trying to make jokes or be funny per se. I'm trying to make human connections yeah. with others. Yeah. And when you started at the gamut, is that kind of how you played as well? Yeah, well, I, I got to say, though, when I first started improv, with the understanding that, okay, now when I do it, it's supposed to be funny. Mm -hmm. It was really hard to find that bridge between the dramatic stuff that I had done before and having that make sense in a comedic context. So when I first started doing improv, um, I felt like I was up there just trying to be funny, you know? There's a lot of nerves at work. Yeah. yeah. Um, So... But, but then I started to realize that all of the experiences that I had could help sort of discover and hone my craft a little bit better than just being up there in an effort to make people laugh. Yeah. Would you say that that's, like, for me, my, the hardest part for me starting out in improv was getting through that in my mind where... I don't necessarily have to be funny all the time. Mm. Kind of like letting go of that ego. Yeah. Is that what you would think? Is that what you think is? Oh yeah, for sure. For I, your I mean, hearts? it's yeah, it's hard. It's hard when you're up there and you're. It, it's hard to not look at laughter as acknowledgement that you're doing a good job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's really hard because it's supposed to be funny. It's supposed right. To be, you know. Um. So. Putting, you have to somehow learn how to set that aside. I mean, I've done shows where I've gone off the stage and I've thought, nobody laughed. Like, it felt like nobody laughed through that whole thing. And then I'll come out and, be, and the audience will be, oh, we really enjoyed that. That was really fun. Da, 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 you know? Um, so, obviously, it's more than just more than just being about making people laugh. Yeah. You know? um, 
you also teach yes. at the Harrisburg Improv Theater too, right? Yes. Uh, would you say what would you say that people starting out in improv? What would you say the majority of them struggle with? That's a good question. I think a lot of them struggle with um, with trying too hard to be funny, but mm-hmm. I think it's a normal thing to do. There's certainly a level of, of vulnerability that, you know, that, that comes with time yeah. that's a little hard to get in just a level one. Um, when you first start to learn how to do something new, you are kind of all ego with it. It's, it's so easy to defeat someone who's starting to learn someone new by being too critical or um, not nurturing enough. Mm-hmm. And so as a level one instructor, you almost have to treat it like you're um, helping a child through something new. And this sounds really demeaning, but like they are kind of a childlike sort of mind when you're learning something new. Yeah. Um, and then once you cross over that point where you have enough confidence, then you can start to sort of let some of that ego stuff go and you start to take more risks. Right. You start to open yourself up more. You start to allow yourself to be vulnerable on stage. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a really important thing is being okay with being vulnerable yeah. And I feel like improv, the way, you know, the just the basic principles of every, like, of improv, like, I have your back, you know, like, support mm-hmm. your, you build that trust where you can have, where, where it's easier for you to be vulnerable in mm-hmm. a scene or, um, yeah, it seems like. There's so many great pieces about improv that kind of mesh well together mm-hmm. so that you can learn how to be vulnerable or how to learn how to take risks. Yeah, yeah. I, I, as, we, as I progress with students through into level three, I start to try to talk to them about opening up to their scene partners in a way that might not necessarily paint them in the best light. You know, sometimes the best scenes or the best characters are, I don't want to say self-deprecating because that's not exactly what I mean, but like um, they're, they're, they're flawed in some mm-hmm. way and allowing yourself to just sort of live in that skin without constantly feeling the need to defend or justify or stand your ground, you know, and it's hard because you can't separate yourself from your character until you practice it. Yes. Yeah. But eventually you learn how to separate yourself from your character. And that's a very freeing moment Mm -hmm. when you're able to learn how to do that. Yes. Yeah. That was another great piece that I was able to take from improv and kind of apply it to my life too. Oh, that's interesting. Feeling um, like, you know, feeling like, oh, I have to be the best at everything all the time. Oh man, I'm so that way. That's really, you know? it's a really interesting point. Yeah. Has, oh, wow. have you, have you ever felt like you've been able to take anything from improv and kind of apply it to what? life like that oh yeah like even just what you just said i mean it's so hard for me to 
start to learn something new or start to try something new Mm -hmm. and allow myself that those few weeks or months of years of not being good at it to get good at it. Right. Um, And I don't know where that comes from exactly, (laughs) but I mean, I have theories, but um, it's, it's just improv has shown me that I can start somewhere. I've been doing it for 10 years and now I am teaching it. I am the director of education at an improv theater. Mm-hmm. I'm sitting here talking to you about improv and you're interested in what I have to say. Like, you know, so you get to a point where you you start to feel really, really good about the work you've done as opposed yeah. to your natural talent at something or whatever. Like yeah. I put in the work. Right. And now I'm, I'm you know feeling rewarded for it yeah (laughs) (laughs) for lack of a better word i you know i'm trying to brag it's just you know no no i i I get (laughs) that um um but as far as like other things that i think improv has helped me out with my life um i think what what you mentioned was is a big one um but also listening skills like actively listening to people Mm mm-hmm Um, I just notice that I'm better at doing that, you know, like I tend to be a little, you know, uh, hurry up, hurry up, you know, like um, rushing somebody through, like I'll finish their sentences or, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, And so I would kind of like get to the end of a conversation before they've actually really caught up. So I've gotten way better at slowing down and listening to what people have to say taking a minute before I respond mm-hmm. even, um, which is an improv game. I don't know if you've ever played it, but like you, one person says a line and you have to wait. You have to wait like three seconds before responding. Even if you have something to say, you have to wait and then you can respond. So it's actually helpful in life yeah. to give yourself a few seconds, even if people are staring at you like you're crazy, right. you know? Um, <laughs> well, I just haven't had the words yet, you know, to respond to what you just said. Um, and so just, just listening very carefully and, and, um, responding carefully as well. Yeah. No, I, I completely agree too. I definitely feel like I'm a much better listener now. Yeah. And not only like active listener, but like an empathetic listener. Oh yeah, totally. Like, oh yeah, I, I understand Mm -hmm. what this person feels and I know not only the words, but their tone and Mm -hmm. how they're saying it. So that has really helped me a lot too. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Totally. In the past, I've been uh, pretty emotionless, so. (laughs) Oh yeah. Wow. I feel like I, I don't know. I think from my, where I was coming from was, uh, just being hard at dealing with emotions, like um, not being okay being angry and not, oh. not feeling okay about being sad. Right. Having to talk myself out of it or, you know, instead of just being in that moment. Yeah. Um, which is actually another thing, living in a moment. <laughs> um, right. Improv, you're, you're up there and, you're, and, you're, and you're, you're responding moment to moment. And so improv has helped me learn to live in the moment and just be okay with an emotion even if it's unpleasant which i think is is an important thing to do yeah yeah i agree we'll be back right after these messages 
this house, but I don't want it to have any walls. Oh, you're right. Walls just confine us too much. There's gotta be a way. If only we could have a room that just had a floor. Hey, white couple. What's going on in here? I hear you're having a little bit of a spat. We're having a little spat. We're trying to decide on a room without walls. Well, you've come to the right place. One, your house. Two, I walked into your house and I just happened to be Loft Man. Loft Man? Loft Man? That's right, I'm Loft Man. I can turn any room in your house into a loft. Watch! <laughs> whoa! Whoa! Loft Man. So many explosions! <coughs> <coughs> there you go! Now you have a loft on your second floor. Oh, thanks, Loft yeah, Man. We're missing some bedrooms now, but hey, we got the loft we wanted. Hey, where's our daughter? I'm under this rubble. Thanks, Loft Man. <laughs> thanks, Loft Man. We'll be sure to recommend you to all of our friends. Loft Man. <laughs> and that's great. <laughs> <laughs> and now back to the show now you're a mother of two mm-hmm. and you're a mother of one i am a mother of one <laughs> <laughs> so uh i also find myself um using improv as a parent trying to keep um I know sometimes I can lose my cool. It's true, I, <laughs> but uh, I understand. I'm right there with you. Um, it it has helped me kind of keep that playful mind that kids have. Mm. Have has improv affected, or has it changed the way that you think about parenting? Oh my gosh, yes. I mean, I mean, I don't know if I would be even close to. I mean, I definitely, like, waffle between being an awesome parent and being a terrible one. But, like, I, just the ability to yes and the weirdest stuff. Like, I remember one time my daughter was like, what's, how did she put it? She was like, uh, what's waffle times cheese? And I was like, 45, (laughs) you know? Kids get a kick out of that, Right. Uh, <laughs> and I just feel like my improv sort of like helped me come up with some kind of weird, bizarre answer. Um, but yeah, and and like letting them experience mm-hmm. an emotion, you know, like instead of trying to immediately console them or tell yeah. them to smile or stop crying, that kind of thing, like right. letting them cry if they wanted to or you know instead of immediately trying to make it better which i think is a normal parental instinct if they're upset you try to make it better yeah um but sometimes making it better doesn't exactly mean like immediately fixing the problem and wanting them to stop crying so right no i can i i get that too yeah yeah what do you think what do you think a person who doesn't know anything about improv what do you think they could gain to learn aside from like you know the listening skills that we've kind of mm-hmm. already talked mm-hmm. about 
Like, what's your elevator pitch for improv? Ah, my elevator pitch. Well, (laughs) I often bring up the comfort level speaking in front of groups. Mm. That's one really, really big thing that I sometimes forget about. I, before I gave a speech class for the first time in high school, I, I threw up the night before. Um, I was terrified. And it didn't really get much better from there. If I knew I was going to have to present anywhere at work, even mm-hmm. if it was front of in front of four people, you know, I'd shake, my voice would shake and crack. I'd say, um, and uh, 600 times. <laughs> now I can get in front of a group of thousand people, not even bad an eye. It, it doesn't bother me anymore. So that's granted, that's 10 years of doing improv and hosting shows and all that other stuff. But even just taking a level one, I notice people uh, coming out of a shell from day one to the last day mm-hmm. and being comfortable in front of I mean, you're being asked to not just stand in front of a group and talk. You're asked to show us your most weird thoughts in your head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's a lot to ask of a human uh and they do it and so when you when you get through that i just i think after even just one class mm-hmm. you'll find a i have no scientific study to back me up here <laughs> and i'm sure there are you know thousands of examples where it's not true but a you'll find a comfort a, achieving a certain mm-hmm. level of comfort speaking in front of groups so just on a practical sense, I think that that's one really big benefit. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I've felt more comfortable speaking in front of people, whether it be even one person or 200 people. Yeah. I've definitely felt. Isn't it amazing? It it's, really is. It's amazing. Another thing I tell people is um, you'll make friends. There's no doubt about it. You'll make friends. You know, you're. it's like going to war with people. You're sort of thrown into this room it's not everything like going to war but (laughs) you're you're thrown into this room and you're doing this scary scary thing with other people who are scared too and you're all just sort of trying to come out of it alive (laughs) (laughs) you know just like war right and uh uh and, and so you'll undoubtedly make some friends along the way yeah there, there. I have a class. They were in. I'm trying to think if I had them in level one or if it was level three. I don't teach level two. I'm not allowed to teach level. <laughs> um, uh, I can't remember. It was some time ago. But they still go bowling regularly. Oh wow! I mean, it was probably close to a year ago that they they still bowl together, which is adorable. Yeah. That I know so. that was one of the main reasons I took improv too. I was at a you know a point where a lot of my friends moved away and I didn't really know anyone and mm-hmm. and uh so I thought well I'll just try that and maybe I'll meet some new people and I it turns out I met so many great people I met you I met mm-hmm. like you know everyone in space work still yeah um just all these group, great people and I'm still meeting new people and yeah I find that the, one of the great things about improvisers is they're almost always happy to see you. 
<laughs> that is very true. <laughs> you know? Yes, that is very true. Did you have a theater background or? I did not. I, I huh. was in high school plays, but no formal training, so. That's awesome. Yeah. Can you think of like a point in time where when you were learning improv or just starting out, when it started to make sense to you? Like, oh, I feel I feel comfortable doing this now. I know. I would say after my first show, because up to that point, I was, it wasn't, there was just a difference. Like when I was in school, it was, it wasn't an improv show where there was an ex- expectation. It was just, you were in front of your classmates mm-hmm. doing some weird acting exercise. And then at Gamut, it was, okay, improv is supposed to be funny. Well, we're just doing it to be fun. Like, we're just hanging out together. We're all doing it. Nobody's watching as just an audience member. We're just all taking turns and playing games. But then when we had our first show, and I was so nervous, after doing it and getting that feedback from the audience, I thought, I I found something here. Like, I found something that I really want to keep doing and I'm going to keep taking classes and I'm going to keep getting better. I mean, it wasn't long after we started performing that I was like, I want to teach now, you know, probably had no business teaching anybody at that point, but like I was just ready. I, I wanted to share it with people. I don't think it was because I thought that I was just this awesome improviser it was because I wanted to I wanted so badly to share it with others Mm -hmm. and I still do that's still my main motivation for teaching I want to share it with others so badly yeah and um, if I ever stopped teaching I think I would feel more stifled than if I stopped improvising wow it's really cool though yeah yeah I I really do I mean I would be devastated if for whatever reason I had to stop improvising Mm -hmm. but I I think it would be worse on some level if I I had to stop teaching yeah excellent well I think we've gone long enough I'd like to thank Jenny for taking the time to speak with me today you can see her in a bunch of shows at the Harrisburg Improv Theater I'll have links to that in the show notes. Thanks for listening to the Improvert Podcast. You can check us out online at www.improvert.com. That's I-M-P-R-O-V-E-R-T.com. Thanks, and I'll see you next time.